Welcome to the Bodies on the Line podcast. This is The Norm with Karen Plez and Julie Simon, where we talk about all things aging, bodies, dancing. At one time, um, me and Jackie went to San Francisco on, like, I took Jackie to San Francisco. One of my friends was getting married, and so I took Jackie with me on a dance trip. This was so long ago, right? Gosh, Evan Gabriel's a baby. And um, I remember, like, I hadn't been back to San Francisco, I don't think, since I had been back from Europe. So it it had been at least, like, eight years since I danced up there. And so I was like looking at around at like the dance classes and the dance community that I used to be a part of. And most of it had disbanded by this point, but there was one woman teaching. And that one woman was like my arch nemesis back in the day. And I, I just called her and I was like, Hey, are you still teaching classes? I'm coming. And like all of a sudden, all of that, like animosity or whatever was, was like water under the bridge because now we're not competing for the same shows or the same attention or whatever anymore. And it was just like, we probably could have been great friends if we had just banded together and were able to like recognize each other's instead of being afraid of it. That I, I'm fascinated by, <laughs> I'm fascinated by having a dance arch nemesis because it's like, I think of a cheesy like 80s movie or something. <laughs> I want to hear that story. So, yeah, well, here's what happened, okay? When we started all dancing, you know, in the early 90s, and our teacher, he was <clears throat> he was he was amazing and just in every way, like his dance capacity and his ability. His ability, however, to maintain relationships and to um like carry a group were less than he he was he he was very I I don't know if he was antisocial or what it was, but he did not he held everybody at arm's length. And mm-hmm. in doing so, like he did not share everything that we would have liked him to share. Um, wouldn't share music, wouldn't share certain things. Like he wouldn't share certain things with us. Like he really kept us at at a distance and at some point kind of started autopilot. Like he started running on autopilot after a few years. And when he started running on autopilot, people started falling by the wayside. And if they were not like in the performance group. So when that happened, another person who was a student just like us popped up and started teaching the exact same class, his class, his movement, his everything. Okay. And with the same name, just like if his class was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, hers was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> and at the same time, the same everything, but she was also a dancer just like us. Mm-hmm. And when she, when she did that, like the group of us, we were, we were so loyal and like, how could, how could you? And he was like, how could you? And so to be loyal to him, this person became our arch nemesis. Like it was because of that. Mm. And so then there were two clans, her clan and his clan and her clan actually won. Like they took over because she was very giving in her energy and in what she was doing and just her ability to promote 
And, you know, I think the nineties, like there's nothing to promote, but you, you know, there's yeah. no, there's no other way of promotion. It's only your interaction with people. So she was very, very able to do that. And very like business savvy, whereas he was through and through an artist and just was in his own world. Most of the time, didn't say a word to anyone. He he could spend a whole class, not saying anything to us, except the word no. So there was just, it was just a very different way. And so after we all left, you know, eight years in, we we all disbanded and went our separate ways. She kept it going for like another, I mean, it, it wasn't until, I mean, in the last five years, maybe that she ended that class. So for 20 years, she, she went wow. strong, you know? So by the time, like I went back, I was like, I'm going to call, I'm going to call. I didn't call her. I Facebook messaged her. I didn't have her number, but I knew she was on Facebook. Found her on Facebook said, Hey, do you remember me? I want to come take your class. And when I showed up, we were like best friends. And like, like nothing, but I know, I remember what the energy was between us in the nineties. And it was not, it was like, you know, mean girl energy and that like competitive, like snarky dance, but that, you know, when you hear about like dance snobs or whatever, like it was that, that type of energy. So now, you know. And there, and, 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 and to be honest, there were people in that class in the nineties that I took, um, one woman in particular, she did not like me. She did not like me. I came, I was new. I put myself in the front. I didn't know dance etiquette. I just started in and know that you don't just like go stand in front of the person. I just wanted to see what was going on. I, I was just like living my own life come to, you know, I realized now that I made like a, a lot of faux pas along the way and she did not like me. And now like we communicate on Facebook, like we were great friends back then. But I remember like, so I I felt like it was just like age realizing this was so dumb. Why did we fight over these things? We could have probably been, I mean, we were, we were clearly taking the same class we, for years. So clearly there's something that we both can agree on. Like there's something that we have in common and there's not many people who do what we do. So how come we are mean to each other instead of like best friends when there's like, if we would band together, like the whole movement could grow, you know? Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that really lends itself to why the studio is the way the studio is, is having this community of dancers that really uplift and support each other. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure some of it goes on in my own studio that I don't see, or I choose to not see. I'm sure there is that, that, but I really try to have it be an uplifting community because it's already hard enough. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's already I mean, hard enough. You know, kind of ways that people could be. Yeah, I mean, at least instructor wise, but maybe it, with people in classes. But that's I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't really felt that in classes. <laughs> like, I haven't really seen that yeah. that kind of vibe in class. In class, really. Um, but you hear about it at you do hear about it at studios. You know, you do yeah. hear about it. Um, that is the comment people say, like, it's so welcoming here, you know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. They're, they're, so that means somewhere else it isn't. Of course, um, of course. So you do hear that, but I, I just, yeah, I feel I think, like. But what's interesting about the story is it really wasn't about something directly between the two mm-hmm. of you. Like you talk about loyalty to someone else dance wise. And right. It, it was affects, like allegiance. <laughs> right. How it affects your relationship in the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Do you have other experiences like that? Where I do, Yes. 
Well, I don't know what your question is, but it made me think of when I was on the other side of that. So we were very loyal to him Mm -hmm. and, um, I, we watched him suffer through that, you know, even though he could have done better, um, we did watch him suffer greatly at that. And eventually he just ended up stopping altogether and then leaving and stopping dancing altogether and had like this mysterious illness or injury. But when I talked to him years, years, years and years later, it was like a, a, like he self-inflict, there's nothing wrong with him. He'd go to the doctor and I'm like, you're fine. It's like, I can't dance. It hurts. The doctor's like, you're fine. It was like this, he was stopping himself, I think from, because mm-hmm. I think that really did traumatize him. Yeah. Um, um, but I know like, at, so when I, as a director and, and I know that I entered, not I introduced, but people were learning about certain styles of dance through my classes or through me or through the group itself. Mm-hmm. And so that would encourage them to learn more, to go out and find more. And they would go dance, you know, elsewhere with other instructors. And there was one particular group that was saying not nice things about me. Like, and and still to this day, I think is saying not, not nice from what I hear. Um, and they, I had a, a group within the group go and audition for them and lie to me about it. They lied to me about it and ended up dancing, you know, for, for a time in that group as well, but they lied to me about it. And I remember not knowing how to, how to handle that because I did feel that like, how come you're, I've given so much, how come you're not faithful? But knowing that that's not right, like I don't own anyone. Like it's not, that's like knowing that that mentality was not right. Like the mentality that we had back in the nineties with this guy was not right. Like that's not the way to, that's not the way to handle things. That's how we handle it. And I had enough sense and enough experience to know that that's not the way it works. Like that's not the way I should be reacting, but still feeling that way. And so like trying to like stuff my feelings yet, support them but yet like how do you like it it it, it was hard that was that was really hard that it, I, I don't even know that I I tried to be as supportive as I could and then I would but it was it was still it was still very like painful you know so I was kind of on the other side of it in that way mm-hmm. and um yeah and I I don't I don't know if I handled it right you know or how I I don't really know it's just, it's just, it's just kind of there floundering. Like those feelings are still kind of like floundering. And even as, as late as trolley, there were things going on when we did trolley, there oh. were things going on. Yeah. There were little things like here and there that were going on during the day that we did trolley. And so, yeah. So yeah. it was just kind of, you know, that was, I don't know. I, I, I wonder like a lot of it is just showing yourself friendly, you know, mm-hmm. You know, but I, I feel like I do that, but maybe I know I didn't always. <laughs> I know, like, like with that girl back in the nineties, I was not friendly. I know that right, I wasn't, right, you know. Right. And that's I just think, yeah. The thing is, that as a dancer versus being the director versus or whatever title that we have in, uh-huh. in the scenario, I think when you feel like you need to fib <laughs> to do something, that's when you know something wrong. <laughs> if you think you need to hide it lie about it whatever right. come on right. like so so why why are we even why yeah because it's to save someone's feelings sometimes we we think we're doing those kind of things to save someone else's feelings 
and I, I, I never really have mm-hmm. like experienced a scenario where in particular, when the person finds out it's because the assumption is we're not saying something if it's just like withholding information, not mm-hmm. actually lying about it. We're withholding. We're thinking, well, if they know, man, they're they're just gonna have like have some kind of reaction to it. And I don't know if I can handle the reaction. <laughs> so <laughs> and, and I still want to do this thing. So it's just like, mm, I, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know. So there are some things that definitely we we were when we do things that we know will probably hurt someone's feelings and we still want to do it mm-hmm. then yeah I guess you don't tell but it's just like why why are we doing things that that hurt people but like you said in this scenario it's it's like mm-hmm. wanting to have this other experience as a performer that's that's valid people want a want yeah. a experience so what who cares people who like audition and perform with more than one company. I know someone else who had the same experience with dancers where they were trying to dance with them and they were doing something with someone else. And it's just like, okay, well you dancer, I hope you're organizing your schedule so you can manage that. Right. If that's your choice, it's your body. So be it. And the idea that somebody's time isn't being cut into it. You're not like shortchanging Mm -hmm. someone Right. Um, for the then then it's just like then we can be straightforward about it. Cause because because if nobody if nobody you're working with is being shortchanged right. for, for you as a performer, as somebody showing up and being reliable, responsible, and everything else, then yeah. so be it. But but I, I think something ultimately, especially with the guilt problem, <laughs> if there's if there's any guilt in, in the scenario that something gets we just don't show up as our best when we're fibbing. We, we, we don't show up as our best. We don't, <laughs> and I, and I, we don't. And I also think like, like I, I, I had to, what, one of the parts of examining that whole situation, I was like, well, what am I doing that is, or what could I be doing? Or am I doing something that is causing that reaction? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I probably, probably, you know, probably, um, and so like that, that was a part of it, like, you know, and then, then getting mad at myself for that um, and having to like, you know, work through, through the, you know, sometimes when we're mad at ourselves, that's the worst. <clears throat> and then, um, and then also because I think of the nature of, and we're kind of like going off the subject here, but because of the nature, like I said, I like to be the mother, like, because of that. Uh, characteristic of me, which I think could be my greatest asset and also my greatest like source of challenge. Because what happens is I get treated the way people treat their mom. Like mom is going to understand she's mom. Mom is going to be, you know, I'm mom, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm trying. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) You know, it's like, like, like mom is going to get over it, but you know, this other thing is, isn't, it's, it's, it's not, it's more fleeting. Like mom is always there. Like, you know, you're like the, the, the one that loves you is always going to be there ready for you. So you can go do whatever you want, knowing that you can always come home to mom. It's kind of like that, that Mm -hmm. I had that for a while. Okay. And, um, and so I don't believe that I got the best. I think, yes, I was 
loved. Yes, I was cherished. Yes, I was all of those things, but I don't believe I got the best out of the the person or people at the time because their best was showing up for someone else and telling me, you know, but I'm still here. I'm still here. Yes, you're still here, but that's not your best. Like, like I'm not, you know, like I'm not a whole, like, it was like almost like, you know, it was just this weird, like, it was this weird thing. Like, I understand that you love me, but you're not giving me your best because your best is over there because your best over there, that, that thing that's over there has the capacity maybe to pay you or has the capacity, has other things that mom doesn't have. So you still want to keep mom because you love mom, but you know, it's kind of, it was kind of like that, you know, it was kind of like that, that, that dynamic for a while. And that was tricky. That was hard to like, I didn't like that. You know, I didn't like, I didn't like that part of it. And I I don't even really know how to remedy that. I think, yeah, that's interesting on both sides of it, where you realize like the loyalty to someone, like you can resolve something in particular because that, that other person isn't there and Mm -hmm. just realizing through time, like this is the, the, you're still sharing community. You're in the same community or I have that history of community with this other person. Mm -hmm. What was there was some conflict in the past mm-hmm. that, and they were willing to, you may want to go back and you may want to resolve, or you may want ABCDFG. That doesn't mean the other person wants it. And you mm-hmm. just being ready for, if mm-hmm. you really want to move forward and offer, like extend your hand, whatever it is, say, I'm sorry, fill in the blank, just be ready for whatever that person is ready to say. Like, And it may not be, Oh yeah, sure. Yes. I accept your apology or what, whatever. It may not be any of that. They may right. be, F you goodbye. What so just <laughs> right, right, like, right, like, right. Just like the readiness. The, I think that that says a lot about the other person too. Mm-hmm. Being like yes and and welcoming and why not? Because for them it wasn't necessarily about anything. Because because the reality is exactly what you experienced. Because you had talked about I think the person, the director in other <laughs> episodes before in a different context about the limit to what they were giving. And the reality for that person is like, you had the same experience and that's why that person broke off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. really, and doing the exact same thing in the exact, the exact, exact, exact part is kind of harsh. Yeah. (laughs) And and it may have been very calculated to prove a point. Who knows? Um, That's a fascinating story from that other person's point of view. Um, the way you're describing it. However, it's just that they were open to. And I think that that having that understanding and create, creating space for it is is the when we talk about maturity, when we're able to do that. Like this isn't a beef between us. Like this isn't right. anything. Right, right. And this can be resolved. Like being able to really see that because a lot of the drama is invented. Like there does, it doesn't have to be like, we're putting our bodies through enough. <laughs> Isn't that enough? I like know. We, we, yeah. we don't need the additional drama. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing on the other side of it is like, we talked about this in other episodes too, in different contexts about the dynamic we create as a leader. What are the effects of that? You can go on all day about the different topics around that. And how that's affected in terms of our relationship with people in the group and then how it 
mm-hmm. projects out to our to our relationship as a group and as individuals and as a unit to the dance communities that we are part of. Mm-hmm. How does that play out relationship wise? And it can be interesting. Mm-hmm. I just you know, but over time, it's like the lesson of like how do we manage that going forward. Mm-hmm. Because there are people like in in the group now who, who could have different, um, they have different interests. They teach different things. Mm-hmm. Several teachers who who have certain things that they do, um, like outside of the group, and that they have engaged in in terms of other dance commitments. And it's not I mean, as long as long as people communicate. Right. In their business, it's, it shouldn't be an issue. And it's it's the maturity of like being able to create the space that people can communicate openly. Like just 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 be straightforward. Right. Because it makes it easier for uh the like all of the emotions to, to more easily be regulated and in check when we just know what's going on. Yeah. It just and yeah. I do feel like I feel like with now I feel like we have a really great I feel like things are great you know like like in all of my dance dealings now I'm very happy to say that I don't feel any like weird competitive energy I don't feel any like hidden agendas I don't feel um threatened these are all things that I could have felt over, you know, over the past 30 years, you know, I don't feel in competition with anyone. Um, I feel like, you know, I feel fine. <laughs> I feel just fine. You know, I feel just fine. And, um, and that's, I, I don't know, gosh, if I could ever have ever felt that until recently, like, I don't, like there's not any, I have my own personal goals. I'm trying to like push through, you know, clearly like those things that can give me angst or grief or, or, you know, thrashing within, but I don't feel any of that within my dealings with others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, that is really nice. You know, like, I don't feel that within Tropicaleza. Um, like within the, the group itself, like I don't feel any thrashings, you know, I don't feel that within the teachers of the studio. I don't feel any thrashings, you know. Um, what I feel are personalities. <laughs> that's what I feel, and that's fine. Like, because I I choose that. I choose, I choose certain things, and that with that comes strong personalities. Mm-hmm. That with that comes strong personalities when you, when you choose a certain way, you know, when you choose like originality and you choose like unique, unique things, you're going to get everything that comes along with that. And so, uh, you know, it's like a nice juicy hamburger. There's a lettuce, tomatoes, there's everything on it. There's not just the burger and the patty. I want the whole, like the sauce ever, all of it, because I feel like then, you know, you're getting like this, this like very developed thing happening. Um, so, and I don't, I don't, so I feel, I feel just fine. Well, that's great. It's now the group is in a place where you want it to be. Yeah. It's nice. Really nice. 
So, Julie, <laughs> where can people find us? Gosh, people can find us at bodiesonthelinepodcast.com. You can send us an email at bodiesonthelinepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also find us on Instagram. And then we drum and dance together in a group called Tropicaleza Dance and Drum Company, which is tropicaleza.com. And the dance studio that I own is saltdancestudios.com. And Karen can be found. I can be found on Instagram at Muse Creative Arts Therapy and my practice site, musecreativeartstherapy.com. I also co-host a monthly podcast called Moving Into Wellness where you could find wherever you found this podcast. I lead a social dance group called Viva Stancy. You can find us on Instagram, V-I-V-A-S underscore D-A-N-C-I. And I have a blog site where you can see some occasional ramblings called, um, what is it called? See, see, I don't even do it. Random Muse Dancing. Yeah. Random Muse, M-U-S-E Dancing. It's a WordPress site that uh, I try to type on somewhat regularly. I was very consistent last year. And sometimes you'll see me tagged in different posts, my personal site, where you'll see videos of me on Instagram, climbing fabric, doing tricks, dancing (laughs) in various places, and other fun stuff. So... We're glad you tuned in this time, and we hope you tune in next time. Time. This podcast was pre-recorded remotely on Tuesday, August twenty-second, twenty twenty-three, and self-produced by your hosts Karen and Julie. The intro and outro music was recorded by our very own Tropicalaza Dance and Drum Company. Check out our mutual dance capades at tropicalaza.com, and tune in next time as we have more conversations about aging, bodies, dancing.